This is episode number 925 with New York Times bestselling author, Katherine Schwarzenegger Pratt. Welcome to the School of Greatness. My name is Lewis Howes, a former pro athlete turned lifestyle entrepreneur. And each week we bring you an inspiring person or message to help you discover how to unlock your inner greatness. Thanks for spending some time with me today. Now let the class begin. I love this quote by Gandhi who said, the weak can never forgive. Forgiveness is an attribute of the strong. That is a great one. And Oprah Winfrey said, true forgiveness is when you can say thank you for that experience. We have a powerful episode for you today. Katherine Schwarzenegger Pratt is a New York Times bestselling author, animal advocate, daughter, sister, wife, and stepmom. As a passionate animal advocate, Katherine works as an ambassador for Best Friends Animal Society and the ASPCA, lending her time, voice, and energy to spread awareness about animal rescue. As an author, Catherine has skillfully translated her own personal experiences into all of her books that speak to her generation. And in this interview, we talk about the doubts she had in high school and the role that doubt plays in her life now. We also go into what it's like to write a book and how to stay true to the reason why and who the book will serve. The greatest lessons she's learned in her new marriage and what that's been like. The power of forgiveness and what practices she's learned to not only forgive others, but how to forgive without another person's permission. That's a hard one. And how to take your power back through forgiveness and not wait for someone else's permission. I'm so excited about this. I hope you enjoy this episode. I'm super excited about this one. So let's dive in with the one and only Katherine Schwarzenegger Pratt. Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. It's packed with benefits to help unlock more value from your business purchases. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. Whether you're searching for a home to buy or you're just obsessed with looking at homes for sale, Redfin's got you covered. You can favorite homes, share listings with others, and even schedule tours with a local Redfin agent, all in the app. And when you're ready to buy, an experienced local Redfin agent can guide you through the whole process. They know how to help you win the right home at the right price. So download the Redfin app to get started today. At Amica Insurance, we know it's more than a life policy. It's about the promise and the responsibility that comes with being a new parent. Being there day and night. And building a plan for tomorrow, today. For the ones you'll always look out for, trust Amica Life Insurance. Amica. Empathy is our best policy. Welcome back, everyone, to the School of Greatest Podcast. We've got the inspiring Catherine Schwarzenegger Pratt in the house. Good to see you. Good to see you, too. I'm excited. We connected, I think, a year ago, I guess, you said, at, um, at a family dinner of yours with your mom, yeah. roughly a year ago. I think ago. I interviewed you, like, two years ago. Was it two years ago? On the yeah. phone. So yes. we actually never met yeah. until yeah, about a year ago. Yeah, we never officially met, but we were always, like, you know, yeah. like, connected I liked people. what you did. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. So 
That's great. Yeah, but then we met in person a year ago. I That's think. great. We had we had dinner and I got to go come to more dinners. Your mom does an amazing Sunday family experience. dinner. Yeah, it's unbelievable. <laughs> It's like full on amazing food, great people. Yeah, so the conversation, the conversations go deep there. I know. Are they like that all the time? All or? the time. Well, my mom, as you know, is like a deep person. Deep thinker. And I was actually just saying to somebody this morning that my mom has this ability to have, to get complete strangers to open up to her in a way that they don't talk to their family or friends that they've known for their whole lives. What, what is that? Why, how I don't she know, do but she, she does it and she, I'll often watch people and they'll, I think they think that they won't do or go there with her and then they'll go there and they'll be like, how did you do that? <laughs> like, what happened? And she just, it just comes out. Because I remember at dinner she was talking questioning you about like everything everything and we were all just sitting there and i was like (laughs) do i go there or not do i know these people no and that's the best part wow what's an interesting uh most powerful lesson you learned from your mom um i think well my mom teaches me so much all the time like i was also just I, i talk about this constantly lately and i think it's because as i've gotten older i'm asking my mom constantly for advice. Really? And I was saying, I've always asked my mom for advice, but I think as we get older, for me, I call my mom, you know, I'm like, I ask her about, you know, how do you do this? How do you do that? What are your thoughts on that? Give me an example. Well, I mean, I'll just call her with, you know, I mean, especially with this book, I'll Mm -hmm. ask her for advice on that about, you know, different book tour ideas, different podcast ideas, just Mm -hmm. everything. And then also with, friendships and relationships and just you know as you get older those things become much more I find unknown and Mm. so it's nice to be able to have somebody who you admire and also who inspires you to be able to talk to and I was saying to my mom that she's like this well of wisdom in every single area and category that it's just like there's just so much that you can never get enough of it Mm. and so I can call her with you know, something about my dog or something about, you know, a friend or work or whatever. And it's just, I could just listen to her for days. <laughs> <laughs> What's the greatest lesson she taught you growing up that you still think about today? Um, I think my, both of my parents always told the four of us kids that whatever we wanted to do in our lives, to do it with passion and to make a difference, make a positive impact mm. and know that they're proud of us and loved no, and that we're loved no matter what. No matter what you do. Yeah. And so that was something that my mom and my dad both taught us or taught us four kids from when we were very little, which was just that if you are really passionate about writing, do that. If you're really passionate about animals, do something there. If you're passionate about, um, you know, interior design or if you're passionate about the beach or the environment go do whatever Mm -hmm. you're passionate about and know that you're loved no matter what you do and also the importance of working hard to make a difference for others but you know that was always a a common theme in our lives but I think just knowing that we were always loved by our parents is the greatest gift is there ever a time where you didn't love yourself I didn't love myself I think probably in high school when I was struggling with body image things, Mm. I was critical of myself. Mm. But I don't think I ever hated 
What would you say to myself. yourself, like internally or externally? Well, I just never, I think when you're a young girl, and I'm sure it's the same for a young boy, um, but when you grew up in L.A. and you're a young woman in L.A. and you go through all those changes in high school and you're like awkward and then you go in like through puberty and all these different phases and, and you're just, and yeah, yeah everything. the whole thing. And your friends are different and they're changing and it's just like this whole confusing time. You know, you wake up some days and you like like what you see in the mirror and some days you don't and... That continues through life, which is what I've <laughs> realized. But it's all about how you can bring yourself back to a place of self-love. Mm. And so I didn't really have a good handle on that when I was in high school, which I think no. is, from what I can gather, pretty every, normal. Every kid? Yeah. yeah. But then I think as I've gotten older and also surrounded myself with people that are really loving and supportive and have my best interests in mind yeah. and uh, that really care about me, then... And it can make me laugh. Yeah. It's also very important that well, it helps. What were some things that you were critical of yourself? Is it just like... I mean, everything. I was like, my butt's too big. My hips are too big. I'm really? ugly. Why isn't this person liking me? My friends aren't here. Like, you really? know, you, oh my God, in high school, for sure. Get in a girl's mind in high school. Wow. And you will be very surprised what happens. I'm scared of having kids. <laughs> I know. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. Do you have any of those conversations still? I think I always have... It's normal to be able to have conversations where you have doubt about things or you're pushing yourself in certain areas. I think some of that can be healthy because it can push you to be better mm -hmm. and to do things really well. Yeah. But there's also a part of it, which my mom also always talks to me about, which is just to like, even with this book or with my other books, I'll look at it and I'll be like, but I want to do this better and I want to do this. And it's like a constant, you leave yourself never satisfied. And instead of saying like, wow, I wrote a book, that's so awesome. And it's, you know, if it helps one person, that's amazing. And if one person feels not alone in their forgiveness journey, then my book has served its purpose. So it's finding a, a, a good balance between. Isn't that hard though when we have such high goals or expectations yeah. for ourselves and we're like, but we want to hit the list or we yeah. want to hit 10,000 sales or a million sales and then it only does a fraction of that? Yeah. How do we learn to forgive ourselves for not achieving what we wanted? I think it's coming back to the reason why you wrote a book or why you decided to do anything in general. I think mm. like for my, you know, for my children's book, I had never done a children's book before. And my, you know, I would get frustrated with the, the team that we were working mm. with and just, you know. It's <laughs> can be very challenging. But then you, you know, the whole process can be... Um, frustrating and a learning experience and you kind of go through this whole and this whole you know series of of challenges and emotions with any book but that book was particularly challenging and then you would I kept trying to come back why did I write this book and mm -hmm. I wrote the book to be able to teach children about animal adoption and also to help homeless animals find homes yeah. and I've always been passionate about animals and I have a rescue dog and it's changed my life and it's been such an amazing blessing in my life. And so when I come back to why I even wrote it, like even if I wrote it for myself and just gave it out to people for fun, that would be okay too, because it's, you know, the point is, is that I'm passionate about animals and that I wanted to teach kids and I love children and I love animals. And so I wanted to bring two passions together and create it. And right. um, so I try to come back to that a lot. I'm curious about the thing in your mm -hmm. life that you're most proud of. Ooh. That maybe a lot of people don't know about. Maybe it's not public the yeah. information, but something that you're really proud of that you've done. I think, this probably sounds cheesy, but I think what I'm most 
proud of two things. One is my relationship with my family. That's probably what I'm every day most proud of. Why is that? Because I look at a lot of people's families, especially as you get older and you don't have to spend time with them. You're not, you don't all live in the same house together. You're not always around each other. And as you get older, your relationships with your family change. Mm -hmm. And also you you create your own family. Yeah. Yeah. And you have to make an effort to see people and to stay in touch with people. And I felt really lucky to be able to be, to have two parents who really emphasized how important family is and also the closeness between the four of us kids. And so I think like I'm 30 now (laughs) and I look at my relationship with my siblings and I'm really proud of that. And I look Mm -hmm. at my relationship with my parents and I'm really proud of that. And then I also now as a married woman, I look at my relationship with my husband and also the relationship that I have with him and the love that I have with him. And I'm very proud of that as well. So I would say relationships for me are what I'm most proud of. Why are you proud of that over something else? Like, why is that so important to you? Because I think it takes a lot of work (laughs) and it takes a lot of work, um, a lot of self-awareness, a lot of work on yourself and um, a lot of effort, a lot of time. And at the end of the day, that's what's most important to me. Mm -hmm. And everything else, you know, work and friends and, you know, that that's all really important to me as well. But I would say those relationships to me are everything. Huh? Everything. Yeah. Yeah. What's the greatest lesson you learned about yourself in the last uh, year since being a married woman in terms mm-hmm. of relationships? It's funny because people keep asking me like, is it how, like, how is it? How's it going? And I'm like, it's great. Like we haven't even married for a year yet. It's amazing. It's amazing. So I feel like those questions are oftentimes better for people who've been married for like 30 years. <laughs> they probably have a lot. But I think um, probably just how, not that I necessarily didn't think this, but I think just how great mm. it is and also how great it is to be able to have a partner that's very supportive mm. and loving and brings out the best in me and also wants what's best for me. Yeah. Um, and also loves my family, gets mm-hmm. along with my, loves my dog, like oh, everything. Yeah. It's a very, I constantly am, throughout the day, I'm like, oh my God, I can't believe it. It's like the best. That's amazing. Yeah, it's a very, um, a really exciting. Because a lot of people struggle in relationships. Yes. It's probably the most challenging thing for people is yeah. finding the right intimate partner, mm-hmm. being in harmony, Yeah. having mutual interests. Yeah. Staying together for a long mm-hmm. time, you know, it's like one of the most challenging things for yes, people. Yes, common values. Right. Yeah. Do you think that, do you think the values was like the main thing for you? That's what's made it so smooth? Well, we met in church, so yeah, I think yeah. that helps. Yeah, yeah. it's great. <laughs> yeah, it helps to, you know, meet in a place, and it's different for everybody, but to meet in mm-hmm. a place where, you know, you have common beliefs and values and, you know, what's important to the other person, and and then you, you know, spend time learning about the, what yeah. else, other things are important to the person as well. But I mean, even with like writing this book, it's like, you know, I always have had my, my family and my parents as like number one cheerleaders. And now I have my husband being like, this is so amazing being another number one cheerleader. And I'm like, oh my That's God, great. This You got everyone cheering yeah. your name. I know, yeah, it's, it's so That's great. nice. Yeah, it's really exciting. <laughs> I'm curious about the thing that's been the hardest for you to forgive in your life. 
I think there have been a variety of different moments where I've struggled with forgiveness. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say in my 20s, I definitely struggled with forgiveness and became really interested in it because I think when I went through high school, you can go through high school and not really understand forgiveness right. because it's high school and there are other things that are more important to you. And then when you kind of get into the real world, you start thinking about forgiveness in a different way and what role it plays in your life and what it means to you because what it means to you is something completely different than what it means to me and that's okay. But it's just interesting to me. And so I think when I was really struggling with it in a variety of different moments in my 20s, I was trying to find resources and tools mm. to help me through that and figure out what what forgiveness meant to me and how I was going to practice it. Yeah. And I saw a lot of people that were older than me that um, had lived their lives and continued to live their lives not being able to practice forgiveness. And mm. I was clear that I did not want that. Like they were holding on to anger, resentment. Yeah, and you could just tell that it was... You know, and that's, again, their choice. And I'm never somebody who's going to tell someone that they should forgive or not forgive. Um, But I saw how um, people would carry around this anger and resentment and hostility about something that had happened, you know, either recently or 50 years ago or, you know, it happened that involved somebody who wasn't even on this earth anymore and just still carried that. And so I found it really fascinating because I always thought growing up that forgiveness involved two people and like that somebody one person apologizing yeah or saying can you forgive please forgive me and mm. that you needed to wait for someone to say to you please forgive me will you forgive me and then you could kind of embark on your forgiveness journey and so i would kind of sit there and i would be like well, when is that going to happen is that going to happen does the other person even care about it happening and then i i realized that um if you sit around and wait for another person to ask for forgiveness that you can be waiting a very long time. Yeah. <laughs> and and also the biggest kind of takeaway that I had from this book was just that forgiveness is a gift that you give yourself and it's mm-hmm. not about another person at all, which was very eye-opening for me. Sounds simple, but it was a big shift for me in my mind. What's the was there a lesson you learned through like resentment or anger or holding on to something with a breakup or whatever, something in politics in your 20s that you were like, this is not okay and this person hurt me or this situation frustrates me and I'm holding on. Was there something like that that I had? Well, I had a falling out with one of my close friends and that to me was really devastating and hard for me because I had friendships that I've had since I was little and you think of them I call them history friendships and they stay forever because you have so much history and your relationships obviously as you get older change and you know what worked for you as a friend when you're 15 might not work for you at 25 and that's okay but it was just an adjustment for me yeah and I didn't realize that it's okay to not have those friendships for the rest of your life so I was holding on to that and when it just wasn't working, it was really hard for me to be able to release that. And so you're holding on to the, you're frustrated with the person, you're frustrated with well, yourself. Well, I was holding on to the friendship because I was like, this is so cool if I were to have, because uh, also as girls, you're younger and you're like, I'm going to make a best friend in kindergarten and then we're right. going to be at each for other's life. weddings yeah, and we're yeah. going to have kids together. And, you know, like you. Be on the same block. Yeah, and, you know, exactly. And so when I kind of had a moment where that wasn't, necessarily going to be the case it was kind of 
it was devastating to me. And also, I when I started writing this book, I had thought like, oh, I've, I'm good with forgiveness there. And, mm. you know, I've been able to practice it. And what I very quickly realized, which is, you know, God works, works in mysterious ways. When I was working on this book in the very beginning, I had moments where I was tested with my ability to actually forgive and like, give me an example. Well, like I would run into certain people that I thought that I had forgiven and I would still have that anxious, nervous feeling. And I realized that's a problem and I need to go back and like <laughs> figure out, have I forgiven that person? No. So let me go back and actually do the work. So really for me, writing this book was an experience where I, I was trying to talk to people and get advice for myself and I write about being a student of forgiveness and also I will continue to be a student of forgiveness and a, and a fellow struggler with forgiveness mm. because um, for some people it's a one and done thing and for other people like myself it's an ongoing journey and I think forgiveness is, is the work of a lifetime and, um, and so in this process of writing this book it was a lot of that of kind of going which was cool because it was you know, I kind of went into it and I was like, I'm good. I'm good. Yeah. I'm going to do this for other people. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And then I was like, okay, I'm actually doing it. (laughs) How many people would you say, you don't have to say their names, but how many people would you say since the beginning of writing this book to the finish of it that you had to go back and forgive? Was it like a couple people? Was it 20? Yeah, it was probably, no, not 20. (laughs) I was like, what what did you recover, you know? (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it wasn't necessarily going back and even having conversations with the people. It was really actually looking at my role in situations. Uh-huh. And You mean how you might have hurt them? Um, I mean, it could be for uh-huh. sure. But I think for me it was, what was I still holding on to? Why wasn't that something that I was completely over? What was the work that I needed to go back and do? What was, you know, what is the work of forgiveness that I needed to go back and let that go? Because, you know, as you see in this book, there are people who talk so beautifully of this feeling of all of a sudden having this sense of freedom from a situation uh-huh. or a person or an incident yeah. from their past and it being this, you know, this huge moment for them. And so when I was able to, when I would run into, you know, someone and I would have that feeling, I was like, that's not done yet. And mm. I need to go back and actually figure out what that's about. Range Rover Sport leads by example. Picture this, assertive on-road performance meets commanding all-terrain capability. That's the third-generation Range Rover Sport, which is the most desirable, advanced, and dynamically capable one yet. This vehicle redefines sporting luxury, offering an instinctive drive with engaging on-road dynamics and effortless composure. Now available in sleek, new stealth pack, Carpathian gray exterior wrapped in satin protective film with black accents and black brake calipers. Inside the Range Rover Sport, advanced cabin technologies like active noise cancellation and cabin air purification offer new levels of comfort and refinement. And let's not forget about the award-winning PIVI Pro infotainment system. Enjoy a dynamic drive and total comfort with optional 22-way adjustable heated and ventilated electric memory front seats with massage function. Wow, that's like a spa day while on the go. Design your Range Rover Sport at LandRoverUSA.com. 
One of my favorite parts about my job is that I get the opportunity to travel a lot. And in fact, I'm recording this right now while I'm in Mexico. And actually, I was thinking about something that I wanted to share because I get a lot of questions from so many people about different side hustle ideas. So here's one for those of you out there that are on the go a lot like I am or traveling a lot. When you're staying in your Airbnb on your trips, have you ever thought about how you could be making extra money by hosting through Airbnb while your home is vacant? If you're interested in an extra stream of income, Airbnb hosting is an easy place to start and it's like giving your home some company while you're away. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. So listen, we all know life is full of yada yada, like those quote unquote free trials that somehow still charge your card for something or when companies have those sneaky gotchas hiding deep in the fine print. And I know you've dealt with yada yada before, like those bills that keep going up and up for no reason at all. Or when budget airlines promise a cheap fare, but then charge you for every little thing until you realize you're paying more than you would have somewhere else. And yes, it is possible to outsmart yada yada, like triple checking airline deals to make sure all you need is all already included, but you don't take yada yada in life. So don't take yada yada from your wireless provider. Metro by T-Mobile has no contracts, no credit checks, no surprises, and nada yada yada. Stop by one of over 6,000 Metro stores nationwide. So what's the work you would do if you re you saw someone that you thought you forgave mm -hmm. or eh, it wasn't a big deal or I let it go? Yeah. What was the exact work that you personally did in the last year with that one person that you're talking about? Like, well, it was a lot of, I mean, it didn't even happen in the past year. It was, mm -hmm. you know, when I first started writing the books, like almost two and a half years gotcha, ago. Gotcha, gotcha. But, um, and it was like kind of the last final bit of forgiveness because I had done a lot of that work. You know, I would go to church and I uh -huh. would talk to the priest from my childhood church and, that I still go to. And I would go to therapy, which was amazing for me. And I would go and talk to other people like friends and mm -hmm. other people who I wanted to know about their forgiveness journey and and that is what really ended up helping me is that I would talk to other people and I would hear what they what their experiences were. And then I was able to kind of go back to my own story and, and say like, OK, well, I could work through that in my head and, and mm. be able to, you know, I think time helps a lot also with certain situations. I'm, I'm curious about this. How long do you think it takes to fully forgive no matter what the anger or resentment or crime yeah. was committed. How long do you think? Everyone it? is different. Really? And that's really what this book has shown me. And I thought going into it, someone would say to me, like, if you're not done by a year, you know, you got to wrap it Something's up. Wrong with yeah, you. yeah. Like, let's get to the point. But I, what I realized is like, you know, for some people, like Deborah Kopakin talks in her book, in her section in my book about, you know, practicing forgiveness. Um, with uh, a man who raped her when she was in college mm. and that was 30 years later that she wrote a letter to him and said Still, yeah and and that that was it for her you know when she sent that email to that person she wow. was done and so um i think it showed me that in then in for other people um you know you talk to Polly Shepard who was in the Charleston church shooting and then you talk to um you know, Scarlett Lewis, who lost her son, Jesse, in the um, Sandy Hook shooting. And mm -hmm. you talk to a lot of other people who experienced crazy things in their lives that are devastating and, and horrible. And you see that for some, it's three months. For some, it's 30 years. Mm. And for some, it's still an ongoing journey. 
And, um, and I think for some people, and I was talking to Chris Williams, who, who I was mentioning to you earlier, who's in the book, who lost his wife and two children in a car accident with a drunk driver. And he said in the moment that he woke up in the car accident. He was looked, in the car. He was in the car and his wife was in the front seat oh and his gosh. three kids in the back and two of them were killed. And he remembers opening up his eyes and hearing a voice that said, let it go. No, he did not. Yeah. No, he and did so not. And so he said in that moment, he decided oh to gosh. let it go and to forgive. In the moment. Exactly. With his wife dead next to him and his kid's dead. Correct. And no. so, yes, because he heard a voice telling him to let it go. And so I was talking to him earlier this week and I said to him, you know, I know you said that and it's just so inspiring and incredible, but like, how did you do that? How did you not have anger at the person who you know, just hit your car and caused this incredible loss for you. And he said, oh, I had moments for sure when I was angry and sad and devastated and, you know, so hurt and really feeling that. But then I always, and I would allow myself to feel those feelings, which is the most important thing. But then I would come back and work my way back to my choice to forgive. And, you know, for him, it was really about also feeling like, you know, when he sees his wife and kids one day in the future that mm. he wants to make sure that they're proud of the way that he handled it. Oh my it. gosh. Yeah, he's an incredible person and now has a beautiful friendship with the boy. No, who, he does not. Yeah, oh my he's gosh. an amazing person, I know. That's so, crazy. Yeah, so you see these people who you know have these stories of forgiveness and you really realize that there is not a time limit on forgiveness or a one and done thing. And just because you have moments, like if I say I forgive you today, and tomorrow I wake up and I'm upset at you, <laughs> that I can allow myself to feel those feelings. And then it's all about how I bring myself back to living in a place of forgiveness. The challenge is just holding on to it's only gonna hurt us more. Correct. Right? Yes. It's like we can choose to not forgive mm -hmm. and hold on to it and be angry, but yeah. it's only gonna hold us back from actually pursuing a life that we enjoy, right? Right. From a life that we love, from a mission, a purpose, right. from infecting other people with love as opposed to anger. Right. So I think that that's, that to me was the biggest shift in my mind personally for my forgiveness journey was knowing that I don't have to wait for someone to ask me for forgiveness and I don't have to wait for someone to feel sorry or be sorry, but I can decide to take my power back and mm -hmm. take control of my life and my situation and realize that I don't want to walk around with this anger anymore and I want to let that go. And so I need to go through my own journey with forgiveness in order to leave it in the past and let it go and be able to to live my life moving forward free from that and being able to say that I've forgiven. Yeah. Yeah. What have you heard have been some of the best strategies and processes for forgiving? I heard you, someone say, they just said, let it go. They heard a voice. Someone wrote a letter, mm -hmm. therapy. Mm -hmm. what, do you, what, do you, what have you found is like good practice for yourself and for other people? Well, I think number one, I think the most important thing is to just when people are open to forgiveness, that's a huge step because there are so many people, and I've known people in my own life who are very closed off I'll to the I'll never idea. forgive this never. person. What they've done is, you know, unforgivable, unforgivable. <laughs> jinx. <laughs> and you just, you see that them, you see these people in the way that they live their lives and you're just like, okay. They're not happy though. Yeah, but I think it's also like, you can never tell somebody that they should forgive someone and also, 
I also try to make it very clear that just because I wrote this book doesn't make me an expert on forgiveness. Mm-hmm. Like I'm not an expert on forgiveness. I'm a student of forgiveness mm-hmm. and I'm a fellow struggler of forgiveness. And and I just found the stories in this book and also the stories of other people to be incredibly helpful in my own life. And that's why I wanted to write the book. But I'm not a forgiveness expert by any mm-hmm. means. So I think that other people's stories have been really helpful for a lot of people, including myself. Some people like to write a letter Mm -hmm. and send it. Some people like to write a letter and keep it to themselves. Mm -hmm. And some people like to go and confront the person and that's therapeutic for them. Mm -hmm. Other people, you know, are in situations where they can't confront the person because they're not here on this earth anymore. And I think a big theme in the book though is faith. People who don't have, did not have faith before having some sort of faith as they go through this journey. And, you know, some people are able to go through their forgiveness journey and not have faith, and that's okay. But I I found faith to be a common theme that comes up with... Faith in what sense? Just like, okay, have faith that this is happening for a reason, have faith that there's there's something greater for me from this lesson. Yeah, I think it's really just um, having faith that you might see that person again, having faith that this is, you know... This is going to be your work moving forward mm. in your life, having faith that that you know you couldn't have done anything to impact what mm-hmm. had happened. Faith is or having you mm-hmm. know faith and trust in a higher power that you'll be okay yeah. and that you'll get through whatever you're going through because mm-hmm. I think sometimes when you are going through something really impossibly hard and challenging and you feel alone in that journey, to have faith that that there's a greater power that's watching out for you and that mm-hmm. is able to say to you, like, I got you. Um, that is a reassuring feeling. I feel like you have this amazing family bond and you've had a lot of friends growing up and you've also grown up in the public eye. And so I feel like people know who you are mm-hmm. and you've been around a lot of people. When's the time you felt the most alone in your life? I don't know if you feel alone in a large family <laughs> ever. <laughs> I don't know. I've got I've got uh, three older siblings and there's six of us, and I felt alone a lot. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I think like my I feel so blessed that I'm able to be so close to every single one of my siblings. Like right. I, you know, my sister and I are. She likes to be very make sure that I point out that we're 19 months apart and not 18. So we're you're the you know, oldest, right? I'm the oldest, yeah. and then my sister Christina, and we're very close. 19 months apart? 19 months apart. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, Patrick and Christopher, Patrick is, you know, right after Christina, and then Christopher and I are eight years apart. And and so I don't know that, I'm sure, I think in certain situations I felt alone with maybe going through certain things Mm -hmm. that maybe they hadn't gone through. But I have to say that my parents did, and also my grandparents, because my, you know, we have a very large family, but my parents have done an incredible job making sure from when we were very little that we knew that we always had each other mm. and that at the end of the day, friends are going to come and go, people will come and go, but our siblings are mm. the people that will always be there. And that that's a beautiful thing and to nurture those relationships and to, <clears throat> to be able to fight for them, to be able to... Um, have great conversations to make them stronger. And as you get older, they change. 
and they become, you know, for me, they've become stronger and so amazing to see everybody growing up and mm. to go through different life events together. And, and so I feel so lucky and blessed every single day that I'm able to have my That's people. Good. That's good. You don't yeah. feel too alone. That's good. No. What is the thing that brings you the most anger on a day-to-day basis in the world or situations that you see? Is there anything that creates anger inside of you? Uh, I'm sure, yeah, there are definitely things that create anger. I feel like when people don't want to help others and make the world a better place, Mm. that upsets me, makes me sad more than angry because I feel like we all have the ability to make this crazy world a better and kinder place. And also through writing this book and also through talking, you know, to you about your story and other people in the book, I think the biggest sense of awareness that I've gained is that you never know what another person is going through, Mm -hmm. even if it might look pretty on the outside. Or on Instagram. Uh Or on on (laughs) social media. But that if we can treat each other and live life with just a little bit more kindness and empathy and compassion, that I feel like the world would be so much nicer. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. And what have animals taught you about forgiveness? Oh my God, they're the most forgiving. They're just, there's, you know, endless love and um, constantly just, you know, someone that will come and lick you and greet you no matter what, you know, what what you look like, what you've done in your life, what you um, have done that day. And for me, my dog Maverick and also Mm. the animals that I've had growing up have taught me so much about unconditional love and responsibility, um, but also just about just really about love and connection, I think, throughout all phases of my life. And so I feel very passionate about animals. Yeah. Yeah. You did a podcast about animals too, right? I did. I did do a podcast because everybody loves to talk about their animals. Right? (laughs) Gosh. You can book anyone who's got a dog. I know. Or a cat or a a bird or anything. lizard. Everyone loves to talk about animals. You just have one dog? I have my dog, Maverick, and then we have um, our family dog, uh, champ and they're like two partners in crime and right. then I grew up with a ton of animals because I would you know I would see a pig that needed a home and then bring it you home. bring it home yeah oh my and gosh. then I would find ducks that needed homes and bring them home and birds um, and squirrels and everything. birds I was never my brother Patrick was very into birds I was never a bird person but I would get you know rabbits and a miniature pony and I grew up riding horses so I was like <laughs> let's all be together and grow up on a farm and in Brentwood and you know sure so why don't you have an animal sanctuary now? I feel like you should have one. I, I'm, that's on my list of things to do. Okay. In the backyard. <laughs> After this book tour, I'll be slowly turning my mom's backyard, really? our backyard. Yeah. I like to have like a variety of mm, places good. with animals. Okay. Yeah. I like this. It's true. When you see something that angers you now or frustrates mm-hmm. you, whether it's politics or coronavirus or whatever it is, something that frustrates you. Coronavirus doesn't anger me, it terrifies me. Okay, well you see something that you feel like there's harm in the world that's happening, yes. right? Sex trafficking, whatever it is, mm-hmm. animal cruelty, when you see this, mm-hmm. how do you forgive quickly or how do you learn to forgive? Like if something's out there in the world, like a friend of mine has this uh, Instagram account that's bringing awareness to animals that are being treated really poorly mm-hmm. around the world, right? Yes. And it gets me like sad and angry. Mm-hmm. How does someone, when they see something online, learn to forgive quicker as opposed to hold on to it for too long, to let it ruin their day? 
I don't know if it's necessarily about forgiveness as much as it is about a sense of feeling helpless mm-hmm. because I think that's where we feel most helpless is when we see things and we don't know what to do to make a difference. So I always try, you know, whether it's with, you know, dogs that need homes or cats that need homes or whatever the work is that I'm trying to talk about or if I see something that, you know, that really upsets me. It's unjust or something, yeah. Yeah, or, you know, I... I also often think of my grandma who saw um, how people with intellectual disabilities were being treated and it made her so angry. And Mm. because of that, she created the Special Olympics. And so I think- Which is amazing. Yeah, It's it's an incredible thing. So I think, you know, I grew up with that lesson that if there's something that upsets you and it's something that you're passionate about, then go fix it and go make a difference. And so I think with mm-hmm. today, whether it's someone's Instagram account or seeing something on the news <laughs> or whatever it is, and you see something that upsets you, it's about finding ways to help be the change in that. And whether it's an organization that you go volunteer at, if it's donating money, supplies, whatever that is, that um, that helps people, I think, feel less helpless in a situation. Because I think a lot of what's going on in the world leaves people feeling like, you know, like with the environment, it's like, well, what can I do? I can mm-hmm. recycle and I cannot use yeah. straws. Can and, I make an impact? Exactly. Um, but it's just, I think, important for people to know that every single person can make an impact and it's about yeah. actually executing that. What's the greater gift? When someone who's done the wrong act mm-hmm. hurts you, upsets you, whatever it may be, they've done the thing that someone is angry about. What's the greater gift? When they say, you know what? You're right. I'm sorry. I messed up. What I did was horrible. Mm-hmm. It's, it was a bad thing. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Is the greater gift the person saying I'm sorry, mm-hmm. even if they don't forgive them? Or is it the person actually forgiving them whether they say I'm sorry or not? Well, I think based on my understanding of forgiveness for myself and also after doing this book is that it's kind of, an additional great thing if someone can come to you and say, I'm so sorry for what I've done and what I did was terrible and I've learned from it and that's a beautiful, amazing moment. A lot of people don't get that. They don't do that. And well, they don't, not only do people not do it, but they don't get it. They don't receive that from somebody that Mm -hmm. they need to forgive or that has hurt them or harmed them in some way. Um, So I think if you're able to get that, that's an incredible thing. What if they give that and they get that and they still don't forgive? That's their problem, not yours. It was interesting because we were at one of my mom's Sunday family dinners. My mom had Rabbi Leader over for dinner, who's an incredible person. And he was talking to me about about forgiveness in Judaism. And I love hearing different different faiths on forgiveness and different people's view of forgiveness. And he said to me that in Judaism, that if you ask for forgiveness, I've done something wrong to you, and I ask you for forgiveness three times, saying to you, please forgive me, I won't do it again, and I've learned from my behavior and you don't forgive me, then that burden is on you now. Wow. So I thought that was interesting because I think like, you know, if I ask you for forgiveness for something that I've done and you say, I'm not forgiving you, like, you know, screw you, I'm not going to do that, then that just shows you that forgiveness is about, then I need to walk away from that and know Mm -hmm. that I can't do anything to change your mind. Right. I've done I've my done, best. Yeah. I've said I'm sorry. And I need to now forgive myself. 
and I wow. need to do the work to forgive myself. So hard. <laughs> I know. It's very hard, but it's, that's why it's so interesting to me is because it's so complicated. It's, you know, a really... Is there anything you haven't forgiven yourself for yet? Myself? I don't think so. For holding on to something or hurting someone else or... I try not to live in that mindset because mm-hmm. I think that it just, you carry, I carry around, I would carry around a lot of anger and anxiety and resentment. And my goal with practicing forgiveness in my life is to free myself from that. Yeah. And of course I have moments where I'll get angry and right, upset right. about something and that's okay. But I think it's always about being gentle with ourselves as we go through moments of feeling angry or, you know, resentful and being gentle with ourselves as we bring ourselves back to living from a place of forgiveness. You are such a light, Catherine. Oh, thank you. You're such a light. You're like, (laughs) I'm trying to find like, is there anything wrong with you? Like, I feel like I have so many defects and so many challenges in my life. And I'm like, is there anything wrong with Catherine where she forgives everyone? She doesn't hold on to any anger. No, no, no. I don't forgive everyone. You don't? No. What I'm trying to say is, is, and this is super important, and I'm glad you just said that. Thank you. <laughs> like this I've been beam able... of golden light just radiating. <laughs> There's no pain. <laughs> no, I've definitely experienced in my life a huge amount of pain, struggle, hurt, sadness in my life. And a lot of that I felt was worked through in my forgiveness journey. I have been able to practice forgiveness, most importantly. And I'm so grateful for that because through writing this book and through my journey of interviewing people and writing this book and talking to people about forgiveness, I can happily say that I've been able to forgive in my Mm -hmm. life. Do I know that moving forward in my life that I will have moments where I struggle with forgiveness again? A hundred percent. I know that. My mom likes to constantly remind me of that as well because, you know, to say at 30, I'm good with forgiveness. You don't have kids yet. You don't have this. No. And... I will go through life and I will have moments where I struggle with forgiveness and I can struggle with it for five years, 10 years longer. But what my hope is that because I wrote this book and because I'm able to talk to people about their forgiveness journey, that when I'm in those moments of struggling with forgiveness, that I will be able to go back and draw inspiration Mm -hmm. from their stories, from other people's stories to help pull me through. So at Capella University, You'll get support from people who care about your success. From before you enroll to after you graduate, pursue your goals knowing help is available when you need it. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's not that I don't, I've been able to forgive every single person and I, that I am going to always be able to forgive every person and that I've, you know, never struggled or had pain or anything like that. Cause that's not true at all. I have, and there are still people that I'm struggling with forgiveness mm. and there are some people that I've been able to forgive. And I think that that is part of my journey and my life. And it definitely sparked why I wrote this book and my interest in forgiveness. Um, 
And I know that moving forward in life, I will still have those moments and I'll still be able to um, hopefully look back at this book and look back at conversations like this Mm -hmm. and say, okay, where can I bring myself back to a place where I feel good? Yeah. Yeah. And what's your greatest challenge right now in your life? I think, I don't know if it's a challenge as much as it is. I would say the thing that I'm most focused on right now is the launch of this book and doing a book tour. And with, with coronavirus, with it just <laughs> running rampant. <laughs> um, no, but I think really, I look at it as like an exciting challenge because my goal is to obviously be able to go and talk about this book on on a book tour and and speak about mm-hmm. forgiveness. But my biggest goal is to be able to get this message and book in as many people's hands as possible, so they can be able to practice forgiveness in their own yeah, lives. Yeah. So. I look at it as a fun challenge. Like, how can I spread this message? It's something I'm super passionate about. I want to mm-hmm. get it out. I want to talk to as many people as I possibly can. So, yeah. what do you think is your greatest opportunity for growth for yourself personally, beyond yeah. beyond the book? And I look at every single day as being able to have opportunity for growth in every area. I think if it's you know in my relationships, in work, in in every single thing that I do, I try to. Um, find ways where I can grow and learn and I'm just somebody who likes to do better be better find ways to grow learn educate myself Mm -hmm. hear from other people that really is something that is there anything specific you're working on that you you know you're like okay I could really grow in this area of my life spiritually (laughs) what's the biggest challenge right now what's the biggest struggle Probably being present. I think in a book tour, everything gets a little crazy. So being present. It was one of my New Year's resolutions to be present, to be more present and to practice meditation every single day. And Mm. that... Have you been practicing every day? Yes. And it's, you think like, oh, it's 10 minutes. Uh It's not going to... But it still takes time to sit down and do it. It takes time, but it ends up benefiting you. and, And I've definitely had days where I haven't done it. But I try to come back to it being a big goal for myself because I think that today everything is so, you know, we're on our phones all the time. Mm -hmm. We're driving, we're in traffic, you know, we're angry. Somebody cut us off. There's all of that. And so I think it's about, you know, what you can do to start your day off on the right foot that can prepare you for all of the craziness to come in your day. Yeah. So that's a big goal of mine. Yeah, it's great. This question is called the three truths. I ask everyone this at the end of the uh, the interviews. So imagine you've accomplished everything in your life that you can dream of for the rest of your life. You have the biggest animal sanctuary in the world with millions of dogs, happy, jumping, licking each other. You have anything you want to do. You've written every book on every challenge in the world. You've got this beautiful family, marriage. Whatever it is is your dream, uh-huh. you've accomplished it. Okay. And... Um, <laughs> But at some point in your life, you've got to go to the next place. Your body's got to leave, uh-huh. you die, you're gone from this world, right? Wow. <laughs> could be 300 years, could be whatever. Uh-huh. But at some point, you got to call it quits, okay? okay. Uh-huh. And you've got to take everything with you. So this book you've written, uh, all your messages in the world, the content you put out there, this interview, it goes with you to the next place. So no one has access to your information anymore, your wisdom, okay? okay? 
It's a hypothetical question. It's very deep. <laughs> but imagine you get to share three final truths with the world from all the lessons you've learned of your 300 plus years of life. And you get to share three final lessons for all of us to live by, to be inspired by. And these would be the things that we could remember you by. Three truths, three lessons. What would you say are yours without being prepared? Well, I'm definitely not prepared, so <laughs> let me. Um, I would say number one, family is the most important. Mm -hmm. Why? Because if you can do that well, you're good. <laughs> okay, that's number one. Um, number two, I'm trying to think if I had like a slew of children, what I would want mm -hmm. them what to. What would you share with them, yeah. I would say to make a difference in the world, make the world a better place. So that's what my grandma always taught me. Mm -hmm. And then three, I think this past year, actually two years, I found one of the most important things that I try to remind myself every single day is to interact with people and lead with compassion. Mm. And I think that that has turned out to make a huge difference when we get frustrated, when we get irritated, even with people that we love and are close to, or people we don't know at all, mm -hmm. that coming back to a place of love and compassion has been tremendously helpful in my life. And I think I would tell that to, to others as well, just because I think that it's really needed right now. Yeah. And what would you say to your 12-year-old self going to be a teenager with all the teenage challenges that, that happen for young girls, <laughs> what would you say to yourself and to all the, the young girls who maybe are going through lots of challenges, yeah. insecurities, conflicts, boy issues, all yeah. that stuff, puberty, what advice would you have for? I would say every single person that you look up to and admire has gone through the exact same thing. It's gonna be okay. It's going to be okay. Yeah. I think like for me, when I look back at my 12-year-old self and I was so innocent and pure and... <laughs> before you cared about boys. Braces, before, and I right? just, all I did was want to sit with my horse in my horse's stall uh, all day long uh, and brush my horse's no hair. Way, yeah, really? that's all I wanted to do. You didn't care about anything else? The way no, you looked it was or... just... It was just like what I wanted to do, and oh. I all I did was spend time with my family. And as I got older, people would make fun of me for that. Really? Like, oh, all you want to do is spend time with your family, and all you want to do is ride your horse. And um, it brings you joy, though. It does, but then you have peer pressure, and then you want to go out, and you uh, want to have fun, yeah. and do all things. And uh, and so I think if I had to t look back and say tell my 12-year-old self, I would say that that every single person that I would look up to, whether it was my mom or other people or Beyonce, <laughs> but I would say that everyone has been there. Mm -hmm. And to know that you're going to be able to make it through, just stay true to yourself, your beliefs, and also know that it's okay if you succumb to peer pressure a couple yeah. times and, and your peers make you you know, fall off that, that it's okay. Yeah. Be gentle with yourself. Yeah. Who's your biggest inspiration in the world right now? My biggest inspiration in the world right now? 
today. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so early in the morning. <laughs> um, just who do you admire outside, outside of family? Who do you admire? Who do you respect? Oh, outside, outside of, of family? family? Yeah. Who do you? Who's like a big inspiration for you in the world? Who's doing stuff that lights you up that inspires you? I mean, I always go to. Um, I always would just like naturally fall back to Beyonce as being mm. my inspiration. Why Beyonce? Always. Just because I think that she's such a woman, mm. you know, like she's and she's inspiring. And I think the way that she's handled her family dynamics and career and balancing everything has been really inspiring. But I also truly, especially from doing this book, I would say the people in the book are who inspire me every mm. day right now. I always will love Beyonce, but I think for like right now, and especially because this book is really my <clears throat> focus, that the people in this book that are men, women, yourself included, mm-hmm. since you're in it, mm-hmm. <laughs> that everyone's stories and experiences with in life and also with forgiveness in general, that's what inspires me every day and also makes me very emotional. Like I, the first time I read my final, like didn't need to edit anymore front to back of this book I started crying because I was just like because the book isn't about me it's about everyone's stories that I talk to so to be able to have that and to be proud of it and also to have everyone in the book feel proud of their section was really important to me and also um, really exciting. You did a great job on this and thanks for including me in this. I've talked many, many times about my journey of forgiveness and um, I think people need to understand that is when you learn to forgive, it's the greatest gift you can give yourself Mm -hmm. because of the peace and the love you can come back to in yourself. Yeah. Because when we hold on to anger, we really separate ourselves from love. Mm -hmm. We separate ourselves from connection, from Mm -hmm. intimacy and we put a wall up. Yeah. With other people. It may not be the person that we hurt, that hurt us or that, that situation. So this is an amazing gift. Make sure you guys get it. The gift of forgiveness. Inspiring stories from those who have overcome the unforgivable. It's out right now. They can get it online, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, everywhere. Is there a specific site they can go to for any additional resources? Yeah, we're doing um, a book tour. So also the tour dates are on my Instagram, which is Katherine Schwarzenegger, and then um, also on my website, which is KatherineSchwarzenegger.com, to um, come visit uh, any tour dates that we're doing. <laughs> but, uh, you know, we also have an amazing Facebook group of forgiveness ambassadors that have mm. been truly having the most incredible stories and interactions really? with each other. It's, and, n- like, not crediting myself at all because I did not do anything. I just put everybody in a group together and the conversations that are happening with wow. stranger to stranger about forgiveness. Sharing how they're forgiving and what Or just happened. what they're struggling with. Can, wow. can anyone help me on this journey? Can someone advise me wow. here? And I'm just like, it. the first time I went through and read it, I started crying because I was just like, how are people talking like this with people that they don't even know and might never know? Like, how are people saying, like, oh, I'm really struggling to forgive, you know, this person in my life right now? Or how, how does anybody have any ideas on how I can get help through that? And right. just, like, create this incredible support system on this Facebook page. So I also encourage people to join that Facebook yeah. page. Yeah, what's it called? It's, it's um, just Forgiveness Ambassadors. 
and um, it's the gift of forgiveness, and uh, and it's been a beautiful. That's experience. amazing. Yeah. And do you have a personal website too? Yeah, KatherineSchwarzenegger.com is like okay. the personal website and Facebook page is the same. Where they can learn more about you and mm-hmm. speaking opportunities, yes. get the book, yeah. anything else you're up to, the, exactly. the farm you're building in the future for all the, <laughs> the dogs animals and, and all the lizards <laughs> and the mini horses and everything. I love it. I want to acknowledge you for a moment, Catherine, for, for literally you're just a light. Like sitting here, you're a light of love. And I really acknowledge you for everything you've been through in your life to want to continue to serve and give and be a light to other people. Whether it's through your own experience or sharing other people's experiences and doing the work. I think um, you don't have to do this type of stuff, but the fact that you do it's really impressive for me and I acknowledge you for constantly showing up with this just open heart and this this light and love that you have. So I acknowledge you for, you. for everything. Uh, make sure you guys get this book. Follow you on Instagram, Catherine Schwarzenegger. Yeah. You haven't added the Pratt to it, right? You haven't <laughs> not added the actual it's handle now. Okay, so you're there, yeah. And um, you also have a podcast on forgiveness with Headspace. Uh, Headspace mm-hmm. And it's called The Gift of Forgiveness. Yes. So they can go and listen to it there. Where yeah, do they find and that? And we're going to be airing that probably in May. Okay, cool. So I'll be updating. Let's my... just follow you on Instagram. Yeah, and, and they'll be able to get you know more accurate updates as to when that will happen. But we have amazing people where we're continuing these conversations with you included um, about forgiveness and about people's journeys and experiences and some people from the book other people who are not in the book and um, my hope is that will it will spark and ignite conversations between people about forgiveness and um, and hopefully lead people to practice it in their own lives Mm, powerful okay final question yes what's your definition of greatness my definition of greatness Definition of greatness would probably be being with the people I love and doing what I love. Mm. Thank you. Yes. Love it. Love it. Flew and coronavirus all over my hands. <laughs> Everywhere. I'm sure you got wipes in your bag. Yeah. Sure, I do. <laughs> Amazing. I hope you enjoyed this episode with Katherine Schwarzenegger Pratt. If you did, make sure to tag her over on Instagram at Katherine Schwarzenegger. Make sure to check out her book, The Gift of Forgiveness. And if this is your first time here, please subscribe to the School of Greatness podcast and leave us a review. Let us know what you thought about this specific interview and episode with Catherine, as I'm sure she would love to know what you thought about this as well over on Instagram. Share this with a friend over there. Tag us on your stories. I'm at Lewis Howes as well over there. I love this quote that we talked about at the beginning. Gandhi said, the weak can never forgive. Forgiveness is an attribute of the strong. And Oprah said, true forgiveness is when you can say thank you for that experience. Again, you have the power in any moment to forgive someone who's done something wrong to you, who's hurt you, who's said something, did something, didn't do something. And you also have the power to forgive over time. You know, it took me 25 years to truly let go of something that someone did to me when I was a child. It took me a long time to learn that process. And don't beat yourself up if it's taken you a long time. It's okay. We're all on our own journey and you're allowed to forgive in your own timeline. Just know that when you hold on to something, you hurt yourself more than the other person. And I don't want you to hurt yourself anymore. So start to learn to forgive if you can. It's a powerful practice and I highly recommend it. I appreciate you for being here. I love you so very much. You know what time it is. It's time to go out there and do something great. 
At Amica Insurance, we know it's more than a life policy. It's about the promise and the responsibility that comes with being a new parent, being there day and night, and building a plan for tomorrow, today. For the ones you'll always look out for, trust Amica Life Insurance. Amica, empathy is our best policy. Spectrum One is a big deal. You get Spectrum Internet with the most reliable internet speeds, free advanced Wi-Fi for enhanced security and privacy, and a free Spectrum Mobile Unlimited line with nationwide 5G included, all while saving big. For the big speed, big reliability, and big savings you want, get Spectrum One. Just $49.99 a month for 12 months. Visit spectrum.com slash big deal for full details. Offer subject to change. Valid for qualified residential customers only. Service not available in all areas. Restrictions apply. Sometimes it takes a different approach to help you unlock your true potential. With Capella University's game-changing FlexPath learning format, you gain relevant skills you can apply to your career right away. Earn your degree from an accredited university and be confident in the quality of your education. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu. Capella University is accredited by the Higher Learning Commission. Learn more at capella.edu slash accreditation. Hi, it's Martha Stewart. You know, I spend a lot of time thinking about dirt. At 3 a.m.? At all hours of the day, really. What people don't know is that not all dirt is the same. You need dirt with the right kind of nutrients. New miracle Grow organic raised bed and garden soil is so dense, so full of nutrient-rich, high-quality ingredients. miracle Grow is simply the best. 